Hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today on our show, we are going to talk about the red wave is just the first step. Trump versus DeSantis, why desanctimonious? True the vote prisoners, Catherine and Greg, are free or released. And is Christian nationalism evil? And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I must tell you folks, after doing my summit on October 15th, and then since that time we've been playing some shows and some of the um, clips from the previous, uh, from the time of the summit, we did some shows after that, but I'm just telling you, I feel like I haven't talked to you uh, in a long, long time. And I know we actually do the show four days a week, but I feel like it's just so much is happening. And this happens every time I get around to Mondays, I can hardly wait to talk to you. What I want to talk about in the first five, and I'm going to tell you right now a little longer than five, but in the first five, um, is this idea about how important tomorrow's elections are. I've mentioned to you in the past, your elections are of course important because trying to stop the Biden administration unbelievably wrecking ball agenda, attacking America in every conceivable way. And so there will be likely tomorrow a red wave. I mean, all the, even the pollsters, are, the leftist pollsters are acknowledging it. The Democrats are already putting out talking points about explaining why the American people are just too stupid to understand why they should like Democrat policies better. Um, they are already talking about, especially in important swing states, talking about, well, you know, it may take us a few days and maybe even a week to count votes. You know, don't get all excited. So they're obviously laying the groundwork for possible fraud, which they uh, succeeded in doing in 2020. Uh, and they're also uh, trying to explain ahead of time to the Americans why uh, they lost the elections. And I want to just, I, I think this first five today is so important to grasp what is going on in the heads of the left and what must, must happen in America. What's really happened in the last almost two years under the Biden administration, is that Americans have actually had now a front row seat. It's like you're sitting on, uh, sitting in the audience in the front row watching what leftists will do to you if you only give them the power to do this. As we've had a Democrat president um, who is really Obama, but Biden sitting in the Oval Office, um, and you've had a Democrat-controlled House and Senate, you have seen firsthand what Democrats who are really in this country Marxists will do to America if only given the power to do it. And it is a whole slew of issues we talk about in the show all the time, the abandonment of the southern border, allowing millions, millions of illegal aliens, including thousands and thousands of terrorists, drug smugglers, 
child sex traffickers, people who mean us harm, people who intend to come here and never leave, millions in through our southern border, and simply lying about it. You even had a few weeks ago uh, Vice President Kamala Harris saying, oh, the southern border is secure, as though the American people are so stupid. They go, oh, well, VP said it. It's not just the southern border, though. It's a whole range, a wide range of issues in America. Uh, COVID tyranny, ongoing. The only reason the Biden administration ever backs off any of the tyranny they had planned, forcing people out of the military, out of military academies, out of work for the federal government, everything they've done, this COVID vaccine tyranny, and they only stop when they're stopped by courts. They only stop and the courts won't let them do what they want to do. They want to control every movement of your life based on your choice of taking the vaccines they are insisting you have, even though every sentient American, every sentient person on planet Earth who actually has access to news now realizes that the vaccines don't work. The vaccines did not, in fact, stop the spread. They, didn't, they did not stop the people who... Took the vaccines from contracting COVID. They didn't stop them from dying. They did nothing except make millions of dollars, and billions of dollars rather, for the pharmaceutical company. So you had COVID tyranny, you have the border being abandoned. Uh, you have the January 6th committee, uh, which has been uh, and forcing along, pushing along the agenda of the Department of Justice and the FBI in literally locking up Americans with no regard for due process some of whom never even entered the Capitol that day. We are watching a leftist onslaught, an attack on the American people and on our right to live in freedom. We are watching through the January 6th persecutions, the continued lockdown situations of people in Washington uh, who did nothing more than try to stand up and protest about this stolen election of 2020 and who really did much less damage and much less violence than the leftists in the in Antifa and Black Lives Matter did for two years. We are watching the politicization and the, and the actual militarization of America's governmental, of, of the bureaucracies in Washington against the American people. FBI acting like Gestapo, DOJ selectively prosecuting. There's no, nothing remotely close to the rule of law. We've also watched what's happened with gender lunacy. We have this just utter dis, uh, destruction of the uh, idea of family, of parents with the right to uh, raise and teach and educate their children the way they choose to. We have schools and putting in place policies that enable young children, too young to figure out whether or not there's a Santa Claus, but they can be taught that they really may not be the gender that their body is, that they may not be the gender they are, and they get to choose that, and then villainizing parents who dare to speak up. Parents deprived of rights with respect to what they want to say at school boards. They're now terrorists if they want to speak up about critical race theory, the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, you have schools teaching hatred of America. You have and schools teaching through CRT hatred, teaching students to hate other Americans. You've seen the imprisonment of political opponents, suspending of the Bill of Rights and due process, climate alarmism out of the, just, just uh, at lunatic levels. So what? Backing up, what we have seen under the Biden administration in this last almost two years is exactly what the left would do to all the world and to America forever if they aren't stopped. So the first reason to get out tomorrow, regardless of how many polls you've read, how many articles you read that have assured you that there's going to be a red wave tomorrow, that the Republicans will take back the House, 
take back the Senate and many um, governor seats, gubernatorial seats, Republicans are going to take all of those. But that's just barely the beginning. You have to show up and vote. If you can do anything to help with, even tomorrow, you're likely not too late. Show up to help out at the election places. You can stand outside of polling places, waving the card or the, you know, the uh, banner for whoever your candidate is in your particular area. You can be very active. You can still be a poll watcher. You can do all these things. And all this is required because the left is not about to give up the power they have so dishonestly gained in this country without a fight. This is why you're already hearing in the uh, in relevant swing states, you're hearing them talk about, well, it may just be a few months before we, not months, a few days, a few weeks, so don't go all excited if we don't have a count right away. The left can see the handwriting on the wall. They can see the Americans are outraged, outraged by their policies, on top of which crime is rampant in this country, crime directly tied to the policies the left pushes of simply villainizing the person who's the victim of crime and complaining about the crime and coddling, protecting, and extending bizarre rights to people who are who are arrested and did engage in violent behavior. You have the, the bail reform movement, you have all sorts of criminal justice reform targeted at protecting the criminals while making life less safe for Americans. These are the kind of things that the American people are reacting to. The, the rampant crime is alarming everyone, as is inflation, as is the cost of gasoline. Cost of gasoline directly tied to Biden administration and wacko left-wing policies that want to somehow promise we're never going to have to, you know, we're never going to have fossil fuels again. We've got to get rid of them. I mean, America has watched the destruction of America, and, and not just in these big, big ways I've been describing, but in the ways that impact families day to day. They lost jobs during the COVID shutdown because their companies were shut down. They, the kids lost a year or more of education in school. They now have gasoline so expensive, it's too hard for the average family, some average families, to pay for the gasoline, the price of gasoline, as compared with what it was under the Trump administration. You have real-life impact on families who watch not just gasoline prices rise, but food prices rise, projected food shortages, people already observing the food shortages occurring. You have all this happening, and the, uh, the country cannot wait, cannot wait to turn up tomorrow and vote in this big red wave. But I want to run through all those things to get around to the point to tell you that's not even the biggest job and the, the biggest issue. Because what we really are experiencing in America is the culmination at this time in 2022, we are experiencing the culmination of the efforts of the communist movement in this world, the international communist, socialist, globalist movement to rise up again and to destroy the idea of freedom, individual freedom, of free markets, and the concept of a, of a sovereign state. This is what we are watching. What we're experiencing in America, watching all these Marxist policies spewing out of the Biden administration, these are not just, as it happened, Biden has always been a leftist since he's been in office. It's not just because he's a leftist and so Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is a Marxist. It's not just that. They are part of this international globalist effort, which is to push 
uh, globalism, to push leftism, to push to push the idea of the, the nation state being unnecessary, America being the big boulder in the road to stop this communist onslaught in this world. So you have World Economic Forum spewing out documents and papers and encouraging people to believe that they can solve everything, just give away your sovereign country. This is an international movement we are watching. I want to mention Brazil very briefly. You know, they had elections in Brazil recently. I had done a show, actually, a segment in a show a few weeks before the elections in Brazil, talking about this great uh, candidate, Bolsonaro. He was the incumbent president running for re-election. And the left in that country had run some, and uh, you know, do-nothing guy. Um, and and, and say-nothing guy. And so it was very similar. One reason I talked about was Bolsonaro was holding rallies really very, very akin to the kind of rallies Trump held, where you had millions of people being able to attend rallies, cheer him on. They wanted Bolsonaro. They wanted the pro-Brazil free market freedom movement of Bolsonaro. They wanted it. And the leftist was just like Biden. No one ever saw him, no rallies, no, no one cares about him. And because he's in nothing, he's saying nothing, he's doing nothing. Very much like when Biden ran. And somehow on election day, they claim, wow, the leftist no one ever heard about or likes won. And so the people in Brazil are continuing to be in an outrage. You have, you have people in the streets in the major cities because they know Bolsonaro won. They know. Just like in America, we know Trump won in 2020. But back to where we are in the, at this time in America. What we're watching in America is this ideological movement to essentially turn America away from the ideas of the promise of our founding, the ideas, uh, the beautiful ideas of the Declaration of Independence, this whole concept that each of us are all equal, we're all equal, that we're, we are all equal and we have rights from God simply because we're born. Rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and many other things are inherent rights in being born, and that the entire structure of America was created to protect that. This is what real America is. America was a unique and extraordinary experiment in human liberty starting back when America was founded. And that idea of human liberty, of honoring human liberty, of having a government dedicated to protecting human liberty and having restraints on its power, that idea enrages leftists, enrages Marxist, socialist, communists, because what they think government should all be about is controlling your every move. This is the staggering place that we are. The left in this country has gotten so much power over decades of pushing their ideology, subtly pushing their ideology, that they're now in a position they feel entitled to be in control and remain in control. So this election is not just, I mean, there will be a red wave tomorrow. I know the left will try to steal this election. They'll try, at least in key races, to claim, oh, we don't really, you know, we don't know yet. We're still counting. Wow, look at this whole big pile of votes that came in the middle of the night. They're going to try. But the red wave, I do believe, will overwhelm uh, in this election of 2022. And that is just, that is just the very um, for the movement of patriots to restore America, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about the movement of patriots to restore America, the election victory of the midterms now, 2022. This is just the beachhead. This is just barely landing at the shores of Normandy. That's where we are. Tomorrow, the victory, assuming victory, take back the House, take back the Senate, take back key governor's races. This isn't the end of the race. This isn't the end of the fight. This is the very, very beginning. People make more analogies, and I want to make one too. 
So in war, you know, if you had, for example, a physical war and you have, let's say, Cuba and Cuba had attacked America militarily and had managed to gain the state of Florida. And then they moved up the coast and they gained, I don't know, you know, three or four more states going north, three or more states going east. So they got Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and they got into Alabama and Louisiana. Suppose all those things happened, that you had Cuba invading America and you had to fight back. You had to be able to, as America, say, no, we're going to restore America and we're going to, therefore, defeat the Cuban troops in all of those places, you know, Florida and along the East Coast and along the Southeast Coast of America. We're going to repel all Cuban troops out. That's what we would do. We wouldn't say, okay, if we can just have South Carolina, we'll leave you alone. Or if we can just have one little state or just a couple states and say, Cuba, you can have the rest. We wouldn't do that because we understand we get to claim the whole of America and we get to repel the, the military troops of any invading army. The analogy is what the left has stolen from America over the last decades is a monumental ideological battle. And they is a monumental ideological battle takeover of America in many ways. You have the public schools teaching children to hate America, to hate the founders, to hate the ideas of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, to hate the ideas of individual liberty. You have schools teaching the beauties of socialism and, and communism and this whole kind of, you know, feel-good globalism where we're going to give up our freedom because after all, you know, the globalists are smarter than we are. We've had and the invasion has the incursion in America isn't just at the southern border. It's ideological in the school systems. It's ideological in corporate America, where we have corporate America actually taking actions to attack individuals for who want to stand up for religious freedom and personal freedom and taking the side of the globalist mindset. We had Disney and many other corporations in America supporting the LGBTQ lunacy of trying to convince kindergartners that they should be transgender and they know better than biology or their parents or their doctor or anybody else what gender they really are. These are absurd, absurd incursions the left has made into American society. We become so accustomed to having our border flattened, pretty much non-existent, that even the idea of extending the border wall for small a small portion, a small distance, is somehow outrageous. The idea of having a secure border should be as concrete an assumption, an absolute assumption, on the part of the American people as the right to free speech, which I'll get to in a moment. We have allowed a dumbing down in America of what we expect of America, what we expect of our conservative patriot politicians, what we expect of people in elected office to protect and preserve this country. We have convinced them that we can, we'll just take it. Okay, you know, long as I have the freedom to, you know, um, go to my job today, I don't care if you make other people take the COVID vaccine. I don't care if you kick people out of the military academies. I don't care if you do, as long as you keep me safe, you keep everything, then I'll be okay. We have, so we have COVID tyranny we have to overcome, the abandonment of the border, academia and the schools, uh, the whole notion of teaching what America is, its unique greatness and extraordinary place in history. We have lost the concept of freedom of speech in this country. We have a, an administration that actually openly says to the Department of Homeland Security, if you challenge COVID vaccines, 
if you challenge the efficacy of COVID policy, if you challenge the federal government and on the uh, what occurred in the 2020 stolen election, you might be a domestic terrorist. We're watching our government turn the entire promise of the Constitution on its head. So when we win this red wave tomorrow, and uh, assuming it's a serious red wave, we need to not be sheepish in what we demand the government to do, what we want them to do. We cannot be sheepish. We cannot be afraid. We cannot be say, well, wouldn't it be enough? Back to my war analogy. Wouldn't it be enough if we just get Louisiana back? Just give us that one state back and then we'll be really happy. No, we would repel the entire Cuban invasion and take over the entire geographic sovereignty of America. And in the same way, we need to take back the entire ideological sovereignty of America. We have to demand free speech. We have to demand that January 6th prisoners be removed. We have to have a radical, radical attack on and dismantling of the higher echelons of the FBI, DOJ, NSA, um, all of the federal agencies that have contributed to this unbelievable attack on the American people. We need to defund the IRS until they get rid of all the 89,000 new agents, and we need to be telling them they're gonna, cur they're gonna cut back, not you know, pile on the American people. We need to have ideological clarity about what America is and how far the left has dragged America down from gender identity to what marriage is, to the rights of freedom of speech, to the right of freedom of religion, all of these rights, these are, these are just as central to holding on to America as it would be to hold on to every single geographic state along America's southern border if Cuba had made such an invasion. And we have to be bold. It's not enough. We can't tiptoe around and say, okay, if you just give us this, we'll be happy. We need to have a radical, radical restatement of what we expect out of our government, which means complete healthcare freedom. No policies of any kind that mandate these COVID vaccines for anyone. We have to, the CDC itself probably has to be seriously threatened with defunding and perhaps defunded entirely until they get off of this lunacy that we're going to actually require or even list in the potential vaccines to be required by states, COVID vaccines for children. On COVID policy, academia, and a hundred other issues, we need to reclaim America. And it's not going to be done by one person or even by one Congress or a new president or any one official. It is in the hands of the American people. It's in the hands of the U.S. House. It's in the hands of the U.S. Senate. It's in the hands of the, of the state houses around this country that say, we are reasserting, we are reclaiming all of America. And we're not taking a little tiny bit of, okay, just give us this enough. Can we please at least have free speech to maybe, maybe get to talk about the, uh, the danger of the COVID vaccines? No, we have to have a strong demand for the restoration of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, fair elections, exposure of all the unbelievable corruption of our elections. We have to be on the, on the march. I don't know whether uh, Emilio, a happy producer, uh, maybe you can text me or tell me, um, we, um, Emilio, uh, do we have the um, text? I'm seeing if he's going to answer me here. Do we have the little tweet from Marjorie Taylor Greene, little speech? Yes. Okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a, a member of Congress and is one of the people who just boldly states the truth. Let me have you quick have, uh, hear what she has to say about what has to happen once Republicans win the House. Going to impeach Joe Biden. 
That's how we're going to impeach Merrick Garland. That's how we're going to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. And I'm going to continue to call for it and push for it because that's what the American people want. The polling is there, Steve. It is there. And okay. Um, the way we're set up here, I couldn't hear that. But anyway, well, she's basically, I assume you all did hear it. And she's basically saying, we're going to go after these people who are destroying America. And I know so many Republicans and so many members of the U.S. House and so many leaders, leaders are saying, well, you know, you can't really do that. I mean, let's all try to get along. All the Paul Ryan, who we'll be talking about in a minute, the Paul Ryan Republicans, the, the lightweight rhino, completely uh, just spineless Republicans, even if we get a significant majority, they'll be saying, now let's not get carried away. You know, we can't, we can't be making radical... We would be throwing out, in the same way, we would be throwing out the Cuban generals and leaders and military if they dared to invade Florida and up the East Coast and along the Southeast states of America. We'd be throwing every single Cuban soldier out, every, every single Cuban general, we'd be throwing them out because they have taken part of America. This is what needs to happen to the people in Washington, Marjorie Taylor Greene mentioned, and others. They've been stealing America, and the, the American people, if we rise up tomorrow, we must do, rise up, vote back into the majority, a, a patriot class, and I'll be clear, not all Republicans deserve the label of patriot. I'm gonna get into that a little more in a moment. Not all Republicans deserve that label, but we do have to say the red, we have to honor the people who get elected, have to honor the red wave, honor the people of America who are saying we have had enough. We don't want anything the Biden administration is doing. We have to have members of Congress brave enough to defund major agencies, defund things that Biden wants until we tell them, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, or we're not even funding. And we have to be willing to follow through, to hold strong. This red wave tomorrow, it is just like when, when Hitler and Germany had overtaken so much of Western Europe, and we, you know, we, the beachhead, Normandy, we had all of that, the unbelievable bravery of the American troops. That was just the beginning. It was the pushing back, the pushing Germans back, the pushing back, and then pushing back from the other direction until we finally had them surrounded and stopped. That is how we have to treat the people who have brought this socialist, communist, Marxist misery on America. The policies they have pursued, the failure to defend America, the unique, the extraordinary, the great, the failure to hold, uphold the rule of law, the failure to enforce the border. These are unconscionable, treasonous actions, and we have to act like it. Be willing to take these people down. <clears throat> I will say for our radio listeners very quickly, if you're listening on Brownian Radio, first of all, thank you for listening on Brownian Radio. Uh, you can always go to this show, to my show online, to hear anything that you miss because you're about to go off on a break at the bottom of the hour uh, for three minutes and you'll come, you have a second break uh, three minutes before the top of the hour. So you're listening to America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis and this show is America Can We Talk and the website is americacanwetalk.org. And yes, that was the longest first five I've ever done, but I could not wait to get to talk with you about this, about what we have to do moving forward once we have the red wave victory tomorrow. And I'm telling you folks, if they say it wasn't a red wave victory, if they say, wow, just like in Brazil, turns out no one likes Bolsonaro, turns out everyone likes, you know, wants this leftist stuff, we have to be willing to stand up and fight. Because the fact is the vast majority of the American people are outraged by the Biden administration policies, by the leftist trend of America, and they want it stopped. 
and they deserve to have their votes counted. They deserve to have the elected officials stand up for the agenda and, and stand down the agenda that the Biden administration is doing and stand up for the idea of America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I have to say that at the end, even though a little longer than five. Fine. Okay. One hit Trump versus DeSantis. Um, so there was a um, rally yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, and President Trump spoke, and, you know, he has just astonishingly um, bold, always bold. And he spoke at this rally, um, and he made a, I have the shortest clip to play for you. Uh, Emilio, this is clip five, a quick clip of what Biden had, uh, tr- excuse me, what President Trump had to say. And I'll tell you what, uh, um, a few important thoughts about it. Okay. I will tell you that this upset a lot of people. In fact, I will tell you, I, I didn't particularly like it. My husband came and said, did you hear what Trump said? Um, so he's referring to, uh, to Florida Governor DeSantis, who is up for re-election, um, DeSanctimonious. He called him DeSanctimonious and running through that little, um, you know, uh, it was a polling done about who should run in 2024. And I just want to mention a couple of things about that. Um, you know, Trump was was uniquely powerful and, and effective in mocking other candidates during his presidential run in 2016. I mean, really, really, um, you know, stinging, uh, stinging rebukes of people and stinging kind of um, just just ugly name calling. And a lot of people didn't like it. And I didn't like it. I'd rather have, you know, I, I'm, I care a lot about policy and values and principles. And I'd rather have to say what you uh, stand for and not do those kind of things. But, you know, it is kind of vintage Trump. And he went after DeSantis. Now, DeSantis is up for re-election tomorrow. And uh, by all apparent polling, he's going to win. I mean, he's running against that you know, chameleon, Chris, who just, uh, who knows even what he thinks he is today. You know, he's just kind of a, a, a political hack who wants power. So DeSantis is likely to win. I also don't think that what Trump chose to say is particularly fitting because I don't think that DeSantis comes across at all as sanctimonious. I, I think he's just, I mean, he's very impressive. I mean, he's done in Florida, as many people have noted, he's the, he is the singular most powerful, strong Republican governor in the country. You know, he, when we have Carrie Lake, assuming she wins, there's another race. If they say she loses, I, I don't think so. But in any case, Carrie Lake will give Ron DeSantis you know, a little run for his money in terms of being the best Republican governor. DeSantis has been great. Um, usually our Texas governor kind of runs along behind and goes, oh, 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 what DeSantis did? Okay, now I'm going to do that. You know, it's not really, he doesn't, our, our governor doesn't lead like DeSantis leads. So people get frustrated because DeSantis is clearly uh, contemplating a run in 2024, or it appears that way from some of his actions. So DeSantis, you know, he's running for governor and people were kind of thinking, why did Trump have to say that, you know, two days before, um, uh, two days before the, um, uh, the, the gubernatorial race. And, and I will tell you that um, I, uh, I didn't like it, but I do want to tell you some things I learned and just kind of um, share with you what I think a little bit what's going on. So, you know, DeSantis has been um, the recipient of a large amount of funding from sources who tend to fund moderates, who tend to fund moderates. Now, DeSantis has been really, really good 
in uh, standing up to Disney, which was brilliant and wonderful. I mean, I don't know many governors who would have been brave enough to do that. And DeSantis was wonderful in the public schools in Florida, not falling for the don't say gay mocking. He just said, we're not going to lure kindergartners into, into contemplating their gender identity. It was really, really, really good. He's been brave on many, many issues. I love him sending uh, illegal aliens up to Martha's Vineyard. That was also brilliant. I and mean, he's just done wonderful things. And so, but, you know, he is likely or, you know, appears to be considering a presidential run in 2024. So this is why Trump took a shot. But I will also say, I want to, for my, I have many friends who are, as you might imagine, I have many friends who are political. And I've had friends calling me saying, I'm just calling to see you. Can you get on board? You know, if um, in 2024, if DeSantis runs, I mean, he'd be better than Trump. And, and, you know, he's got more favorables with independent voters or whatever the things are. And, you know, that may be, I don't know all the calculations that will then be relevant when we get around to 2024 presidential election. But I want to make this point because I think it's really important to understand. So DeSantis gets this money from people and, you know, Trump has the unfair advantage that he made all his own money. I mean, he inherited a lot of it and he made more money. So he's, he, he's self-funding. He can be self-funding. And DeSantis, on the other hand, doesn't have that. He has a fabulous military background, a great resume. Just, he's a great guy. So, but DeSantis needs money. So DeSantis, there's a billionaire. I want to just talk with you about why someone like Trump and other conservatives might be concerned drawing a distinction between what Trump would do versus uh, DeSantis as president. So DeSantis has a mega donor, a billionaire head of Citadel Investments named Ken Griffin. And Ken Griffin um, is has made enormous donations toward Ron DeSantis um, as a possible presidential contender in 2024. And and by the way, before I forget, Trump did after that desanctimonious, he did out loud on air um, endorse Governor DeSantis. So he is endorsing DeSantis. Trump is not trying to force DeSantis to lose that election. He doesn't want that to happen. But Back to DeSantis, so he's got this billionaire Citadel investment guy, Ken Griffin, who's explaining what he, um, why he backs DeSantis. And it's really interesting because a lot of people who like DeSantis point out what he did with the, with the Disney thing and with you know, the CRT agenda and with, the, um, and, and with transgendering and all that just garbage that does not belong in the public schools. And they love that about him. Ken Griffin, this guy who's donated all this money to DeSantis, is identifying, has identified what he cares about, about DeSantis, why he wants DeSantis to win. <clears throat> and he's in particular focusing on, he talks about the idea, he wants to uh, improve the diversity of the GOP. And you might be thinking, oh, he's talking about race, ethnicity, national origin. No, he's not talking about that. He wants to blunt the vein of populism blunt the vein of populism that has complicated the Republican Party's relationship with the corporate world. Please think about that. This guy is a big corporate guy. He liked when the Republican Party was more in bed with the big money, big corporations, big national banks, international, you know, corporate world. This guy funding DeSantis wants the GOP to be back in the driver's seat connected with the corporate uh, you know, corporate insider money. 
And what Trump did to the party, uh, for the party, in my view, is a very good step, is he made the GOP more of the populist party. He has the hearts and minds of millions of everyday Americans who are never going to be wealthy, never going to be uber successful uh, financially, but they are, they are heart, heart and soul America. They're the working class. The people who work in corporations and uh, in, in low-level jobs and work as tradesmen, as plumbers, as people who work, you know, and, and just, just make America work. The farmers. Trump reintroduced love of the real idea of America and the populist draw to the GOP exploded. The everyday American became more friendly toward and amenable toward the GOP because Trump. And Trump was not interested, wealthy as he was, he was not interested in cultivating all of the global big bank money. And as a, on an on a interesting note about this GOP red wave that's coming, I meant to mention in the very lengthy first five, but the interesting note about the GOP um, wave that's coming tomorrow is that they're calling it a red wave, but actually significant numbers in their polling are showing Black Americans and Hispanic Americans are voting, planning to vote for the GOP. I mean, big numbers. I'll go over it more of them tomorrow, probably, but big numbers. Black voters increasing for the GOP and uh, Hispanic voters, they call them brown, but Hispanic or, you know, people of color. And the reason they are doing that is because Trump reintroduced the idea and the beauty of the idea of America, which is colorblind. Trump is reintroducing, you know, I, one of his best moments, his whole presidency was when he said in a, a, a State of the Union address, right in Bernie Sanders' face, this is not a socialist country, will never be a socialist country. People who are immigrants from socialist countries, communist countries, are standing up and down cheering, and they're so happy someone in power recognizes how evil this global trend toward communism and socialism is. These people come to America, they love America, and Trump convinced them to love America. So this the reason that there are real, you know, kind of alarm bells going off about DeSantis is that people funding him are going to be people who more want to, you know, shut down this vein of populism, blunt it, and he's not even slightly interested. This guy Griffin is not, does not at all care about what some are the hot button issues, abortion rights, uh, sex education, LGBTQ, doesn't care at all. And he really, um, he wants to stop the move, his turn, wants to stop the populist movement and get the Republican Party back in alignment with the multinational corporate world. So when you get a guy like that, if he were to be president, I'll still take DeSantis over every other Republican I can even think of who might run for president in 24. If for some reason Trump does not run, DeSantis would be my best choice. I don't know any other Republican I could respect as much as I do DeSantis. But if it's between those two, who do you think is going to fight? Who is going to clean out the federal agencies? Who is going to go after and attempt to dismantle the power structure uh, in Washington? Who is going to go after election integrity? There's, there's not really anybody you know, better, stronger than Trump. Trump is a fighter. Um, I deeply regret that he um, didn't go after, that, that he chose to do the, the sanctimonious thing 
uh, prior to the gubernatorial to the election tomorrow. Um, but I don't think he hurt uh, DeSantis. And he is raising alarm bells. You'll hear more about, I'm sure. And the other thing is, I'll just tell you, you know, DeSantis has been meeting with uh, GOP leaders in Washington, McCarthy and others. And so he's, you know, very serious about exploring this idea of a uh, of a presidential run. And so, you know, Trump is trying to blunt his interest in doing that. And also, I just want to have you consider who's already come out in favor of DeSantis in 2024. These are not any conservative's favorite people. Paul Ryan, you know, rhino of the century, uh, the Lincoln Project, when I start on them again, um, and Jeb Bush have all come out in favor of DeSantis in 2024, which tells you, brave as he has been in some things, he's attracting the attention and the energy of the very, very rhino class, plus the attention and energy of the people who want to throttle and, and you know, pretty much shut down the populism uh, of the Trump GOP and turn it back into the bankers and ruling elite party, which really now the ruling elite left, you know, the big bank, big money people are all tied to the leftists because they've all gone along with this leftist globalist socialist movement and, and, and good riddance. We don't need them in our party. We need the people able to vote for our country. Okay. I'm going to run out of time today. I want to hit two other stories very quickly. Um, one, True the Vote prisoners, Catherine and Greg, were freed or released. I have to tell you, right before I went on the show today, um, okay, backing up. So I'm talking about Catherine Engelberg and Gregory Phillips, who are the True the, uh, Catherine Engelberg founded True the Vote. You know, just she's been on my show many times. She's wonderful. Uh, she uh, has been part of the effort, she, not only to gather the information about the mail-in ballots that, were, that became part of Dinesh D'Souza's film, The um, 2000 Mules, but also, um, they brought out together the information that led to the prosecution of, or the see, not yet prosecution, the arrest of uh, the Connick CEO um, and Connick K O N N E C H, which was this, uh, you know, this um, vote, this company that um, Michigan-based election management software company uh, appears to have deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party. In fact, their president was arrested. The president of the Connick was arrested by the LA DA, who is, you know, Los Angeles, meaning left wing, who was forced to go after him. But what Catherine uh, Engelbreit and Greg Phillips have exposed is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the single, uh, you know, the biggest enemy America has in the world, was had access to and availability of America's election workers, millions of election workers, because of the actions of Connick. This is all the allegations they made. And so in this civil litigation, Connick sues um, through the vote because they, they're claiming they were defamed. Connick says, how could you say we kept our made voter information available to the Chinese Communist Party? And in the meantime, the CEO of Connick is arrested because he did apparently do exactly what they said. Um, and in the civil litigation, the um, the judge hearing this case, a defamation case, Connick versus True the Vote, uh, versus Catherine Engelbrecht and, and Greg Phillips, um, wanted to force them to disclose the name of the FBI agent who helped them essentially get access to Connick's data and eventually Con recognizing Connick was storing that election information during the election year uh, in 2020 in the uh, servers held in that, that sit in uh, Wuhan, China, and which are completely accessible to the CCP. So the judge orders these, two, orders these two locked up. First, to be clear, first time in American history, 
first time in American history in a civil litigation, this is not prosecution, civil litigation in federal court, a judge jailing people for not revealing a source. This doesn't even happen. It hasn't happened before. So he sends them off to jail. He wants them to reveal the FBI agent who was helping them figure out, you know, what uh, Connick and, and therefore what the CCP was up to. And, you know, they won't do it. They won't reveal the name. There was an announcement that they were re to be released. The Fifth Circuit, which is, by the way, Fifth Circuit astonishingly ordered them to be released. I haven't had time to read the Fifth Circuit opinion, but I'm going to do that tonight. Or they're released. And um, and someone told me right before the show that they weren't sure that they actually got released yet. I haven't seen that yet. But I will quickly play for you. I think I sent to um, Emilio the Wonderful. Um, I think I sent a little clip um, of, uh, let me quick see my happy notes here. Maybe I didn't send it to him. Oh, yeah, Greg Phillips. This is clip four. Very, very short clip from Greg Phillips, still made from prison, trying to talk about the danger America's in. It's clip four. Hey, this is Greg Phillips. You may know me from the movie 2000 Mules. Some of you may know us from our podcast, our wildly successful podcast, Patriot Games. Um, and, and a few of you may follow me on True Social at, at Greg Phillips. This week has been incredible. Um, we've been uh, held political prisoner. Um, we are in jail. Um, we are in solitary confinement in jail. Our voices have been silenced. Um, we're unable to really communicate with folks in a regular way. Um, and we believe that Marxism and, and communist America is in full swing. The American left has conspired with the media and they've conspired with a rogue political government to silence the right. Whether it's Donald J. Trump, whether it's Roger Stone, whether it's Paul Manafort, whether it's General Mike Flynn, they're doing everything they can do to silence us, but it won't happen. We won't. We will not be silenced. Period. Okay, I can't tell what's happening here. Um, my computer's going nuts, making noises, and um, I don't know. My I got a text from someone saying you couldn't hear the clip. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix this. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear all that noise. Um, okay. I can't even tell if we're, if we're live or not. Um, so I'm going to keep going. Assuming we're live, I don't have any idea why my computer is making this noise. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay. This is... Um, Okay, it says I'm live. Okay, my computer is uh, making tons of noise. Anyway, so what I want to tell you was, um, so Greg Phillips makes this video, and they're basically saying we're in a lot of trouble. America's in a lot of trouble. Um, I did just get a confirmation that they are actually, they were actually released. Um, so that's good um, that they were confirmed out of jail. In any case, um, and so the um, the idea that this, again, we talk about reclaiming America, the idea that you have people who are actual what this judge did when he locked them up, this trial court judge, 
this trial court judge is saying that if they identify this FBI agent, who, by the way, is not an FBI agent who committed a crime, right? this is not an FBI agent who's dangerous, this is an FBI agent whose life will be put in danger, in danger, if his name were to be exposed. And yet this judge is saying to them, yeah, you got to expose his name or else um, you're, we're going to have to... Um, you know, you have to sit in jail. And so this, and, and you think about, you know, not just that this FBI agent is the good guy exposing what China has done, but on top of that, you have this FBI agent um, who's likely, his life will be on the line. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party figures out who is exposing them and his life will be on line. So uh, kudos to uh, Gregory Phillips and Catherine Engelbright. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to hear they're out of jail. The idea that our government would be, um, idea that our government would be just uh, even thinking about locking them up. It's truly breathtaking. It's just truly breathtaking. Okay, I have one more story I want to hit today. But before I do that, I do want to turn to our um, one of our sponsors, one of the people that I'm just so grateful for. I mentioned to you before that we have a great relationship with Mike Lindell, um, who has my pillow. And I'm going to tell you, I'm starting my Christmas shopping this week. I usually uh, wait too long on Christmas shopping. So I want to urge you, if you have a Christmas list that includes children, men, women, grandmothers, grandfathers, your spouse, anybody, I strongly urge you to go to MyPillow.com. At MyPillow.com, you can see, uh, you can go through their entire uh, amazing array of items they have. And in that... Um, in their, in their online place, you can find bathrobes, towels, washcloths, sheets, slippers, blankets, and everything you could possibly want um, is really available uh, online. And they're all, I can tell you, I don't recommend things unless we've tried them. We recently added to our little repertoire of things we get from my pillow uh, the mattress um, cover. It's a, it's soft. I mean, you feel like you're just sinking into a really wonderful soft thing. So if you go to MyPillow.com, choose some items for your Christmas gifts. I'd love if you would consider doing this. Go to MyPillow.com. And then when you, on top of that, you can, um, uh, when you place your order at the very end, ask for a promo code, put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, Debbie G, and you will get up to 66% off of everything you order, and I get a small payment. So if enough of you would do this, this would really help our show. Would love, love, love to have you. If you're gonna shop for Christmas gifts anyway, go ahead and shop at mypillow.com and um, and help this show get your, I promise you, everything you get from there, you'll love high quality, great stuff. Um, you'll just love it. So I hope you will do that. Shop at mypillow.com and put in the promo code Debbie G. Okay, um, so I'm going to do one last thing in the show today. I want to talk about Christian nationalism, which I have to tell you, I call this, is Christian nationalism evil? And the reason I called it that, I mean, obviously the answer is no, but, you know, I talked in the beginning of the show how we've had in this country, we've had this kind of, this um, ideological invasion by the, by just communist-minded people. It's been going on for almost a hundred years, uh, subtly undermining America, uh, beginning in the educational institutions, in Hollywood, in the media, in just, just all sorts of places, uh, invading our culture, our corporate boardrooms, our governments, our foundations, every place in America where thought is happening, 
you've had this uh, this hidden sinister ideological invasion of America undermining the idea of America, the culture of America, undermining everything great and good about America. And this is really what the left has done. They are not apologetic about it. They're not um, they are not they 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 have managed to what they have done to get us to a place where how many millennials, young people actually think of themselves as socialists or they see socialism as a friendly idea and socialism, as you well know, just kissing cousin with communism and socialism was the, you know, was a step intended to be the stepping stone to communism. That's what Marx, his idea was socialism. You get that in place and everyone thinking everything is for free and everything can be produced by the government and, uh, and pretty soon you have you know, a, a society that is just weak and helpless. Um, and then in America, you had the cultural Marxism where we didn't have, we couldn't in America have the communists take down America with economic disparity like they were able to uh, in Russia and other places where you had the proletariat and the bourgeoisie and so you could have the, you know, the economic battling of each other. But in America, uh, you had the same concept, the same goal of socialism and communism brought to America through the concept of cultural Marxism. And cultural Marxism is the idea that just invading America's society, our thinking, what we believe about ourselves, what we, how we see others, is just an, an endless, an, uh, just endless undermining of America. In fact, we talked about that a little bit last week in the Thursday show with Chad Jackson, who joined us, uh, talking about the Uncle Tom 2 film. If you didn't see that Thursday show, it was stellar last Thursday, Chad Jackson, talk about Uncle Tom too. So in any case, we ended up with um, cultural Marxism also invading America to the point that and one thing that every Marxist, socialist, communist wants to do is undermine religion. Every eventual leader who becomes a Marxist, socialist, communist leader, they go after religion. They try to destroy religion. They try to attack the um, people for believing religion. They, you know, when the communists come through, they kill the priests, they kill the pastors, they destroy churches. I mean, the whole concept of leftism is utterly antithetical to the idea of God and to the idea of God's existence and, and a society as premised on uh, God, the, the scripture's teaching of values and morals. So I'm getting around to Christian nationalism, which is to say, this is the latest bugaboo way to attack patriots is to use this new label they're onto called Christian nationalism. And Christian nationalism is a term they've made up just a concoction as the left is so good at doing, making up slogans, making up labels. So Christian nationalism is a label they're trying to attach to people who are basically patriots, love America, love the ideas of America, love the promise of America, and love Christianity, love their faith. And so the particular attack I wanted to mention right now, Patriot Mobile, which uh, is a, you know, it's a cell phone company. It happens to be based right or near Dallas. And they are a company that if you subscribe to their phones, you get their system, um, you end up with, uh, you know, they, they, why they, their selling point is, if you have them as your as your carrier service, um, when they they donate their profits to conservative or Christian friendly causes, as opposed to the other telephone companies uh, carriers 
who donate their profits to causes you would not ever support as a consortium. You'd never support the causes the AT&T would donate money to. So Patriot Mobile's just carved out a niche, basically saying, you know, we provide great cell coverage and we'll provide it to you. And you can be safe in knowing that the profits we make, we donate profits, will going end up going to go to um, causes you'd support. So. Patriot Mobile has become, uh, in the eyes of the left, an enemy because they are actually proudly patriotic, proudly love America, and proudly Christian. And so their service is, you know, becoming, it's growing, it's popular. There was a hit piece put out on them. The reason I'm getting around to, so there's a hit piece put out on them. And the way they went after it was to talk about, well, these people are Christian nationalists. And everyone goes, well, what is that? Who knows what Christian nationalism is? is uh, I put an article up at our website. I'm not to make a plug for our website too today. This article I'm describing is up at our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. And this website, um, at our website, I list all the articles I talked from today, the information I took. And one is a piece that was written by Patriot Mobile responding to this attack on them. And they called it, what is Christian nationalism? And I think the left, in order to scare people, tries to portray Christianity as something kind of scary to the average American because they're going to force their religion on you. They're going to be, they're intolerant of everyone else except other Christians, and they hate you because you're not Christian. It's the same MO, modus operandi, the left uses on many, many, many tactics. They want to get you on board on some view, and so they're, they're, they're just outraged that a country a company like Patriot Mobile um, is successful in getting customers, growing a business, and donating money to conservative causes. And so they've tried to make that into something evil, Christian nationalism. And they're going to be using that. I predict the left is going to use this term more and more to mock people who essentially act out of their belief, their Christian faith, and, and hold their values based on their Christian faith. They will do this because they think it scares some people and they have this scary sounding, well, you know, pretty soon they're going to say that America is a Christian nation. Well, actually, historically, that would be a historically accurate fact. In fact, the Supreme Court has acknowledged that in its history, America is a Christian nation. So the idea that should be like the scariest thing in your mind, I, I don't know why it would be. But in any case, uh, this whole Christian nationalism thing is uh, a great piece by um, Patriot Mobile explaining all they're saying is we're patriots, we love conservative causes, we love life, we support marriage, we support the Second Amendment. And they've been very successful in the state of Texas in flipping some school boards where the school boards were down the path of CRT and down the path of transgenderism and, and trying to get school board members in who will get rid of CRT and get rid of the transgender agenda and just do what schools are supposed to do, which is teach children. So we'll probably talk more about Christian nationalism. I think I'm about out of time today, but I do want to urge you to go to our website again, americacanemytalk.org, and at our website, you can read those um uh, you can read uh, what they wrote about Christian nationalism, um, and you can read um, our, our thoughts on it too. The several other articles were up there. There's just a, an astonishing uh, determination um, to villainize Christianity, and um, so the, and it's a great organization. I just can't speak enough strongly for the fact I'm about to um, become an affiliate with them. So I will be telling you more about um, more about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is just a great bunch of 
solid middle, you know, mainstream Americans, solid Christians, hardworking, who've made a success out of, of a business where they donate profits to causes conservatives would like instead of what the left would like. And there's nothing sinister about that. So we'll be hearing more about um, Patriot Mobile shortly. And for now, we're at the point in the show where I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today um, talking about um, the red wave is just the first step. Um, tomorrow's election results will likely far deeper impact than a biennial shift in party politics. MAGA is drawing together white, black, brown, Asian, all who love freedom. It's not R versus D, but it's tyranny versus freedom, God-given rights versus rulers in charge, and America versus non-America. Massive rejection of the leftist agenda, which always brings on human suffering. Massive evidence of electorate learning key step to defeat machines. Election day voting. And do not forget to vote tomorrow. Do not blow it off. Restoring America may become possible if voters demand strong, substantive follow-up by those elected November 8th. And Trump versus DeSantis, why DeSanctimonious? Trump chose a Florida rally to tag Florida government with DeSanctimonious label. Typical Trump, blunt, with questionable timing pre-election, however, same day, encourages Floridians to vote for DeSantis for governor. What is Trump's agenda? DeSantis has demonstrated strong, conservative leadership in Florida, but DeSantis donors and endorsements raised flags about uniparty, uniparty rhino establishment support. Biggest money donor wants to curb populism and restore GOP ties to big business. Very anti-MAGA. Endorsements include Paul Ryan, Lincoln Project, and Jeb. All rabid, never Trumpers, anti-MAGA, which might explain Trump's uh, feelings about them. DeSantis very strong on conservative policy, but not strong on dismantling the deep state. DeSantis seems too smart to run against Trump at this time. And that's the thing. I think this is a shot across the bows, but all this can be needed. I don't think DeSantis will run until 28. True the vote prisoners, Catherine and Greg Freed. This circuit renders justice for Engelbrecht and Phillips, orders them freed from jail. Trial judge order to jail them was the first time in U.S. history in the context of civil litigation for refusal to identify sources. They are right to be freed, but they never should have been jailed in the first place. Engelbrecht and Phillips are exposing massive election fraud by Connick and the CCP. Connick's CEO has already been arrested by one of the most left-wing DAs in the USA, yet trial judge was trying to help Connick's CCP by ordering Engelbrecht and Phillips to jail. This is a shocking level of corruption in the U.S. federal judiciary. Ridding the USA of CCP's corrupting influence will be a long and arduous process, but it must be done. Is Christian nationalism evil? Leftists have always sought to paint patriotic Christians as pushing for a theocracy in the USA. Theocracy argument has always been baseless and ridiculous. It's a cover for the hatred of God. Not, excuse me, patriotic Christians love the Declaration of Independence, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and generally exercise a live and let live philosophy as to non-Christians, not white supremacists or anything remotely close. Patriot Mobile, a mobile phone service that donates to conservative patriotic causes, including the Women for Freedom Summits, yes, they did help support my summit, was made the subject of left-wing hit piece for practicing Christian nationalism. Patriot Mobile's statement of defending itself is worth a read at americacanwetalk.org. American Christians and patriots have nothing to apologize for or to be defensive about. The Bible and Christianity were indeed and are overwhelmingly important factors in the founding of America. 
And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-